Hello London, we are ready for your vote. Hiya, I'm Stephen Perkins and this is Douzepois, the podcast where I get all excited about the latest Eurovision news and occasionally take a lengthy stroll through the history of the contest to remember the glories of years gone by. Now you may have noticed that this episode is going up a little bit later than usual, and that's because I was away this weekend celebrating my wedding anniversary and I happened to unwittingly schedule the trip on one of the biggest national final weekends of the year so far. But on the bright side, this hopefully knocks me out as a Eurovision fan with healthy boundaries who doesn't let the contest completely take over his personal life, right? Anyway, I'm back now and ready to catch up with everything that's been going on at Eurovision in the last week and a bit. I'm going to start with Germany, who had their national final last Friday at a frankly ungodly hour of the night. And I know this because randomly, although my holiday was actually in Czechia, my hotel carried loads of German TV channels, including Das Erste, which was showing Germany's national final, so I unexpectedly got to watch it live. And given that I would say Germany are perhaps the closest country to the UK in terms of general Eurovision disappointment in recent years, but without the Sam Ryder factor to boost their morale, it was quite interesting to see how their national final felt a lot like ours did back in the day when we actually had one, in the sense that a lot of the entries felt very much like filler, but one or two acts seemed like they had potentially the ability to do something a bit different. First of all though, I want to talk about the format. There was definitely something slightly baffling about their approach, given that they called in the votes from the eight international juries towards the end of the show, which accounted for 50% of the overall score, but after all those scores had been tallied, the voting lines remained open. And this felt to me like a really strange way of going about things, because it seemed like it actively discouraged voting for certain acts who you knew at that point had absolutely no chance of winning. And as it turned out, there wasn't a huge amount of difference between the public vote and the juries. The two songs that seemed the most popular on Twitter during the show were Oh Boy by Rick and Naive by Mary Rhyme. Oh Boy was the kind of stirring, well-sung, dramatic ballad in the mould of arcade that can be Eurovision catnip if it's pulled off right, which it was here. And Naive was some classic schlager that's probably a little bit out of date for the contest at this point, but nonetheless could potentially have scored some retro nostalgia points. And while both of them managed to perform better in the televote than they did with the juries, finishing third and fourth respectively with the public, they couldn't topple the jury's two favourites, which also ended up being the two public favourites, Forever Strong by Max Mutzke and Always on the run by Isaac. Max came with a pre-built narrative in that he represented Germany once before with Can't Wait Until Tonight in 2004, finishing 8th, and hence had a kind of Make Germany Great at Eurovision Again movement behind him, which kind of overlooked the fact that, well, I doubt that Germany's problems are resulting from the rest of Europe specifically waiting for this one guy to come back to the competition, and also Forever Strong reminded me of nothing so much as Hold On To Our Love by James Fox, which was meant to be the UK's big post-Gemini never again comeback moment, ironically the same year that Max was at Eurovision the first time and got us all the way to the heady heights of 16th place. As for Isaac, I don't think this song is a terrible choice. It's got a decent chorus, it's probably the best thing Germany have sent to Eurovision for at least a decade, but that is a pretty low bar if I'm honest, and I'm just not sure I see this being something that's going to excite a lot of voters to actually translate into many points in the final. I think they would have had a better chance with Rick, but those are the breaks. Also, as a final note on Germany, can we just have a moment of appreciation for the fact that they had a whole spin-off series dedicated to filling the last finalist slot in their selection contest, even bringing in Conchita Verst as one of the mentors, only for the winner of that show, Florian, to finish absolute last with every single jury in the national final and second from last in the televote. What a colossal waste of everyone's time. 
Now let's move on to Denmark, who were also fielding someone who did quite well for them in the past, Basim, who finished 9th in 2014 on home turf in Copenhagen with Cliché Love Song, one of only four host countries to finish in the top 10 over the past 10 years. However, he wasn't quite so lucky this time round at the Dansk Melody Grand Prix with his track Johnny, which was a big social consciousness song with what I thought was some slightly clunky lyrics, because he only finished second place to 26-year-old singer and actress Saba with her song Sand. Now, I really like Sand. I think it feels like the strongest song Denmark have sent to the competition in quite a while. It's maybe not the most exciting entry I've ever heard. It feels perhaps a little bit middle of the road, very predictable Eurovision. But at the same time, Saba's got a great voice. The song does stick in your head. And it's got the beginnings from what I've seen so far of some very effective staging. So I think if they play their cards right, then Denmark could have quite a moment with this one. I think that the semi-final that they are in is quite a competitive field, and Denmark haven't qualified for the final since 2019, but this feels like a very strong submission from them this year, certainly a much more confident and skilled vocalist than they've sent for the past two years, and an overall offering with a bit more mass appeal than Fear of Flam in 2021, so hopefully they'll be rewarded this time with a spot in the final. Over to Estonia now, and oh boy, my apologies in advance to any Estonians listening to this, because despite my best efforts, there is about to be some serious language mangling going on, I have no doubt. Their national final, Estilaul, was won by hip-hop group Five Minust, or possibly This Minust, working jointly with new folk duo Pulup with their song here I go. Nendus na kutikumidest etime kul midagi, which Google assures me translates into we don't yet know anything about these drugs. Fun fact, this is now the longest song title in terms of overall characters in Eurovision history, displacing Valentina Minetta's iconic 2012 entry for San Marino, the social network song Uh-oh, Uh-oh-Oh. This track got a whopping 60% of the televote from a total of three entries making up the superfinal, and it is easy to see why this one won. It's both catchy and extremely eccentric, a genuine mashup of genres that's very chaotic in the best way, and the sort of thing that I think should qualify from the semi-finals pretty handily. And it's musically interesting enough that I wouldn't rule out the jury's quite enjoying it too. My apologies if it seems like we are zipping through these at this point, but we have still got four more countries to cover. So let's hop on over to Lithuania, where we also had a few people attempting to represent the country for the second time, including Andrios Poyavis, who finished 22nd at Malmo in 2013 with something, and Vilja, who represented Lithuania at Copenhagen in 2014 with attention, which I rather liked at the time, but didn't make it out of the semi-finals, and the Roop, who were originally due to represent Lithuania in 2020 with on fire before the contest was cancelled due to Covid, and they came back in 2021 with Discotech finishing 8th in the final. This time around, things didn't go quite so well for Andreas with Sing Me A Hug or Vilja with Save Me, both of whom finished last in their respective semi-finals. As for the Roop, they did a lot better with their new track Simple Joy, winning their heat and ultimately finishing third in the superfinal, which was won by Sylvester Belt, who'll be going to Malmö in May with Luktelk, or Wait in English. It's already a number one in Lithuania, and it's a bit of a banger. And given that he cited Troy Savan as his greatest inspiration, I would think we're in for quite the show from Sylvester at Eurovision. I'm excited to see what he's going to pull together, and I think this is the sort of song that's going to do really well in terms of pre-contest exposure and airplay to Moldova now, who I've gone on record before as saying are one of my favourite countries at Eurovision in terms of sending interesting, really memorable entries, so I'm hoping for similar greatness from this year's selection, In the Middle, by Natalia Barbu. 
If you recognise her name, she represented Moldova before, back in 2007, with Fight, when she finished 10th in the Grand Final. And this time around, she's going for something a little bit softer than her original, slightly rocky entry, but I am digging this one too. I love the terrifying focus with which she sings, I want you to be happy for all of your life, and the chorus is definitely an earworm. I think she might need slightly more attention-grabbing staging than she had in her national final, but there's lots of time to work on that, and there's a lot to work with here. Now, you may remember that at last year's Eurovision, there was some controversy around Poland's national final and the legitimacy of the outcome, Uh, and in what I imagine is quite a wise move in response to that, the broadcaster has responded by having an eternal selection this year, which admittedly does make my job somewhat easier because I only have one song to listen to. Poland are sending Luna with The Tower, yet another bop. I feel like it's going to be a very up-tempo competition this year, isn't it? All we have to judge from so far is a video, so how it's going to be staged and what her live vocals will be like. That's something that I can't really account for at this point, but I like the song and the performance. Um, It does feel a little bit Ava Max, which I don't think is any bad thing, but there's lots of potential here. Of the many songs I've listened to from this year's entrance, this is one that I can see myself listening to on repeat in the run-up to the contest, so I'm very excited to see where this one goes. And finally, in our stop press section, one of the few advantages of recording this episode a little bit later than usual is that it does allow me to include Belgium, who have only just released their track, having already confirmed their entrant, singer and drag race Belgique judge Musti, last year. His song is called Before the Party's Over, and it is a dark, brooding song of the kind that Belgium has done so well in the past with tracks like Loïc Notet's Rhythm Inside and Blanche's City Lights. If the level of drama in the video is anything to go by, I think we can expect some very theatrical staging for this one. In fact, I might even go so far as to say that this is the one I'm most looking forward to seeing realised on the stage in Malmö out of everything we've seen so far. I've got some pretty high hopes for this one. That brings me to the end of this latest batch of National Final Roundups, so a big thank you for sticking with me to the end, if you did. A quick reminder that you can follow us on Twitter at BingeWatch underscore pod, where you can also get updates from our sister podcast, BingeWatch. And you can also follow me personally at Stephen Perkins. And don't forget to subscribe to get immediate access to future episodes, which should be reverting back to our regular Monday night slot for the foreseeable future. Until next time, good night Europe, and good morning Australia. (laughs) 